0: I'm Ariana. And I'm Itani. And we're your hosts of our new podcast, Gen Z Kids in Quarantine. Before we start with this episode, I'd like to give a little warning. We are going to be talking about some stuff that can be dis- disturbing or disgusting to some people. We're going to be talking about crimes, murders, creepy cults, and all that sort of thing. So if that doesn't seem like your cup of tea, that's totally fine. Just turn off the podcast and go and find something else to listen to. So, starting off our list of creepy, creepy uh, crimes and stuff is a creepy, creepy, and also hilarious cult. So I mean, do you wanna do you wanna tell them? Do you wanna oh, tell them what I'd be it? honored to. Oh wait, wait before before we say, pause the podcast. See if you can guess what cult it is. If you know absolutely nothing about cults, well then let me explain to you what a cult is. A basis of a cult is pretty much like a religious group that centers around this one belief that this one leader. Pretty much basis of most cults is hey guys, doomsday. Or the world is about to end. Um, I'm Jesus and you need to all kill yourself and we're gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna we need to hide in this bunker or you need to kill yourself or give me all of your money and kill yourself and then I'm just gonna dip. So anyways, so that's pretty much the basis of cults. So pause up podcast now and see if you can guess what cults we have in store for you. Pause? Okay, cool. Figured it out? Or not? That's fine. Sonny! Can you tell us what cult we have? Okay. Drum roll, please! <laughs> Heavens gate! Oh my gosh! I love this cult! And by love, I don't mean I love the fact that they just committed mass suicide and all of this creepy, weird acid... They were definitely on something. We d- yeah, <laughs> okay. Let's just start there. But let's what's the basic of this cult? Basis of this cult? Well... One leader, two leaders actually. Two leaders. One's Jesus, one's God, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, they recruited a bunch of people. And then they committed suicide. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Pretty much the basis of the cult. Actually... We actually went to the Heaven's Gate website, which I'm surprised and baffled. It is still a thing. It's not a cult, guys. Don't worry. There's not, you know, you're not going to be recruited by some creepy UFO cult because that is the big thing. Their whole, their whole core belief was that this guy, um, Marshall Applewhite. Sorry, I had to just go back to our <laughs> reference a little bit. Marshall Applewhite pretty much was like, yo, guys. Jesus is an alien and he is currently possessing my body right now because I am the chosen one. And this is my girlfriend who is being possessed by God who is, get this, also an alien. And she's my dad. And you guys need to come with us and kill yourself so that we can hop on this spaceship that's tailing by this comet, Comet hail bop. That is going by earth Which was an actual comet that's going by earth And we're all gonna kill ourselves Catch a ride on this spaceship With where Jesus The actual alien is gonna meet us And he's gonna be our tour guide And we're gonna go to heaven So also the world is ending in a couple days So pretty much just like Got all that out of the way Good icebreaker right there Hi guys I'm being Possessed by Jesus who is an alien How's it going? What's your name? My name's Marshall. But anyways, that's pretty much the whole cult leader. That's their whole thing. That's their little core belief right there. So pretty much, Heaven's Gate was an American UFO religious cult based near San Diego. Which is something I never thought I would ever say in my lifetime. But here we are. Isn't that great? Like, one day you never thought you'd be eating fat-free bread. And then you, there you are. Now you never thought you'd be eating or an eating saying, Heaven's Gate was an American F- F UFO religious cult based near San Diego. Anyways, and San Diego is in California if you live in rock and don't know. <laughs> Under Iraq, not in Iraq. That would be some, that would be quite a feat, guys. Um, also, so pretty much it started in 1974 and it was led by Marshall Applewhite. And by Bonnie Nettles. So Marshall Applewhite was born in 1931 and died in 1997. We'll get to that. Bonnie Nettles was born in 1927 and died in 1985. And originally, when we were, like, reading this and we're talking about the people and stuff and who started it, we were noticing their death dates. And we're like, wait, hold on a second. I thought they committed mass suicide. Turns out he just got fed up with her, broke up with her She didn't like that, so she, so he killed her Joking Actually She got cancer and died And it was actually pretty, pretty funny Not funny at all Like, I mean, cancer is horrible It's horrible that she died or not I mean, she kind of was trying to kill a bunch of people But pretty much She got, like, colon cancer, I think Yes She got... Um we're gonna probably have to like just take this part out. Oh yeah, she got so Nettles got liver cancer in nineteen eighty five. Um and pretty much what Applewhite, the leader of the call pretty much, was saying was that this is me and my girlfriend, and we're Jesus and God, and we we're gonna die, but we're gonna come back to life or we're gonna be fine, like we can't die. And then his girlfriend dies, who is supposedly God, so that's little I mean, that's a red flag right there. If they're like, guys, I can't die, and then they die, that's a little like, oh, well. (laughs) So he pretty much was like, guys, guys, I was just saying that because she was my girlfriend. I really didn't like her anyways, and guess what? I'm gay. So, but we'll touch on that later. Guys, just look over here. Let's not look at that hurt, dead body. We're just gonna leave her on the side of the road for the dogs, and go kill ourselves sound fun doesn't it so pretty much apple white met nettles in a hospital where she was being like a substitute nurse for the newborn babies which slightly disturbs me because like i'm fine until animals or like babies or like children get brought into this because when that happens i just like Absolutely, I'm just like, no, I'm done. I'm sorry. This person is horrible. They, like, I can, I'm fine. Like, I can stomach that. But, like, when there's children or animals brought into it, I'm just like, no, sir, you're a horrible person. And you, yeah, you're horrible. So, pretty much, they met while he was, let's see, how did they meet? They met in a hospital <laughs> where she was being a substitute nurse and it was actually rumored to be a psychiatric hospital but sub, but Nettles was substituting for another nurse working with premature baby babies in the nursery that's just horrible but I'm a little confused if it was a psychiatric hospital like why were there newborn babies in a psychiatric hospital okay whatever so anyways they felt like Applewhite was all like yo i like that girl i think i think i met her in a past life or something like we're definitely like we met in a past life we were definitely best buddies in a past life so that and they were just like okay well we are obviously since we met in the past life we are obviously the reincarnate of jesus and god right like duh we're being possessed by the alien spirits of Jesus and God. That's like the only explanation for recognizing each other. Not that we may like have a family member in common or something. No, not that. Just the fact that we are definitely being possessed by alien spirits right now. So after that happened, they went and decided to recruit a bunch of people and were like, y'all, we are the two, as they called themselves or the UFO, too, and they believed they would be killed and restored to life in in the view of others transported they, they would just pretty much they believed that they would be killed then be brought back to life and become these higher beings the only yes, so that's really very confused. <laughs> moving on, how would you all like to join our cult? and they were so surprised when everyone was like no I'm good I'm gonna stick to being like Christian or Jewish or whatever your whole thing was they were like mm, no I'm good thanks Though, no. <laughs> but they were like what <laughs> what they did not like it Um. eventually Applewhite and Nettles were like okay well no one is listening to us Ugh, like we shouldn't just like call this thing off and Get some severe psychiatric help. No, we need to contact extraterrestrials because that is the way to go in life. Um, and they were like, "Guys, we need help contacting extraterrestrials. Can you come help us?" And so everyone and so people were like, "Yeah, let's do it." Oh my
1: God, we're
0: gonna follow Jesus, who's an alien, and God, it was also an alien, and they're dating. That's alien i went contact I said What are you doing Friday night? I'm just staying home And eating Ben and Jerry's And watching Netflix I Think so I'm gonna pass But I just I have so many questions But they were like But um Applewhite Nettles The leaders of the cult if You don't know that by now <laughs> Please Start listening Um Were like Let's Like we're gonna you guys are all gonna like die but like become higher beings or like become the higher beings we're gonna be higher than human and i like i was very confused by that because i feel like they're in a special stupid right there and if they're gonna like come back as the higher versions of themselves they're just gonna come back as the normal stupid because like that is some sort of you have to be a special kind of crazy to do that (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Or just have really, really bad, like, issues. Someone left you. That's, yeah. But pretty much they just were like, guys, we're, 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 they just told everyone that. And they got around, what, 38 followers and stuff. And over the years, they just pretty much collected followers and stuff. And then at some point in 1975 the crew as they call themselves they call themselves the crew which or like Applewhite's crew which i just feel like is like some like like justin bieber like young justin bieber song he's like guys this is my crew i just feel like that's something they would say I don't know I just I whenever someone says like the crew or when he's talking about the crew I just always just imagine like young Justin Bieber like those guys and like the kids in the in the like 2000s with their hair slipped over and stuff and the beanies oh that's just when I imagine when they talk about the crew but pretty much they checked into a hotel in Waldeport Oregon I'm sorry if I'm saying some of these names wrong I just I can't read so um after selling all of their worldly possessions and saying farewell to loved ones, which of course, their family and their loved ones didn't raise red flags or anything like that, they were just like, "Yeah, that's totally normal, totally normal." Um, and so they pretty much just were like, "Alrighty, we're gonna go underground." And so they did. They totally dropped off the grid or as grid as you could be in the 1970s, and. Um, we're just sleeping in tents and begging in the streets and stuff, and no one ever stopped to think, Hey, maybe um I should go back to my family, be like, Hey, sorry, I had a psychotic break and followed this guy who's saying he's possessed by Jesus, who is an alien. Um really sorry about that. I'm gonna go to therapy. But no. They were just like, No, we're gonna beg in the streets and sleep in tents and stuff, even though it's freezing cold, we'll be fine. So anyways, they said that the members of the crew would a- achieve higher evolutionary level above human, which they claimed to have already achieved. No, sir, you just have a cle- re- achieved a higher level of insanity. Um, so there's that. So um, yes, and then what happened after that? They got um, a house. Which they paid a lot of money for. I know, I was like, ooh. Yeah. And then they got a special type of insurance. Oh my goodness. So, we actually spent like an hour laughing about this. And we're like, this can't be real. And then we searched it up. And guys, this real. So, probably like some scam artists or something. But they got um, alien abduction insurance. And I'm actually reading from the actual thing. It is... Alien abduction insurance. They would... So, in October 1996, members of T's clan... So, this is after Nettles died. I just like saying the word Nettles. Like, that just sounds like... This is Nettles, and this is Applewhite and stuff. But anyways, after Nettles died... Why do those sound like ponies from My Little Ponies? Right? Guys, this is my horse, Nettles, and this is my horse, Applewhite. Girl, you need... Oh, you need help. <laughs> don't name your horses after cult leaders. Just don't. That's just not something you do. No matter how crazy of a horse girl you are, don't do it. <laughs> um, but pretty much, they rented a large home, which they called the Monastery, a nine a nine thousand two hundred square feet mansion located near one eight three four one Collinotta Norte. Later changed to. Pasio Victoria, and Racho, Santa Fe, California. Anyways, um, so, pretty much, they were all, they paid $7,000 per month in cash. In the same month, the group purchased an alien abduction insurance that would cover up to 50 members and would pay out $1 million per person. And the policy, co- uh, policy covered, wait for it, abduction, well, yeah, impregnation or death by aliens. Guys, guys, guys. I mean, I know health insurance is, like, getting tough to find. And it's really expensive. But you do not need to take out an alien abduction insurance. Also, like, if they were like, y'all, if the, like, Applewhite, if the followers were not, like, a little swayed. Like, they didn't think that anything was weird when they were like, So I know that we're going to get on the spaceship and Jesus is going to be there. We're going to all be fine. But, like, let's just... Get, like, alien insurance so that we don't, like, get abducted, impregnated, or die. <laughs> die. Death. Death. Killed. That's the word by aliens. So. Anyways. On March 19th to the 20th. It's about it's really fuzzy. We don't know the exact dates. Um, in 1997, Marshall Applewhite taped himself into, in Doe's final exit. Speaking so taped as he recorded, and I know that like most of today's generation doesn't know what that mean. I mean, like he recorded himself, um, saying, "Speaking of mass suicide, and as the only way to evacuate this earth, after asserting that a space spacecraft was trailing Comet Hale Bob and that this evening, this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate." Applewhite persuaded 38 followers to prepare for this ritual suicide so their souls could board the supposed craft. Applewhite believed that after their deaths, an unidentified flying object, UFO, would take their souls to another level of existence above human. Yeah, that's just more stupid. Which he described as being both physical and spiritual. Their preparations included each member videotaping a farewell message. And right now, I'm just going to say that, like, they, um... They like, he really liked science fiction. Like they were, they were like obsessed. Like especially Applewhite, definitely read tons of fanfic, fan fiction. Sorry guys, science fiction stories, and was definitely into that whole thing. To kill themselves, members took feno. Okay, so guys, I don't really know how like to say this word, so I'm just gonna like try my best. Um, yeah, so phenobarbital mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. Nice. Uh, additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads and ingested the mix to induce asphyxiation. All thirty nine were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants. Okay, I mean literally I gotta my die comfy my outfit throughout the entirety of quarantine though. You know? Okay, um, brand new black and white Nike Decadas athletic shoes, which is like I love how they're just like okay, there's a bunch of dead bodies in this room and stuff, really creepy. Thirty eight dead bodies, all suicide, crazy. Alien Jesus thing stuff. Oh wow! Look at the brand of shoe they have on. Wow! Like okay. Um. Eight um. And armbands pat and armband patches reading "Heaven's Gate Away Team." <laughs> nice. One of the m- one of many instances of the group's use of the Star Trek fictional universe. Um, I just feel like. Like, as I was saying earlier, their, like, obsession with science fiction is, like, this is real dedication, guys. Like, I know that Trekkies can be, like, hardcore, like, Star Trek fans, but, like, this is a bit much. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh Sorry, guys, if there's, like, a plane, there's a plane passing right over us right now. Okay, um, and each member had on their personal, had... A personal five dollar bill, ooh, and three quarters in their pocket. The five dollar bill was to cover vagrancy fines while members were out on jobs. Ooh, Um, while quarters were to make phone calls to where. Once a member was dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from a person's head. So when they say a living member, so okay. um, So what happened was that they died in two groups of fifteen and one group of nine, and pretty much after the one group would die the rest of their friends and almost like family because they've been so close with each other were like all righty let's just pick up our like best friend's dead body move it over here cover him with a blanket and put a purple cloth because that's not creepy over their face for um what is it for like to make it like anonymous or something which is just stupid it's not that hard like if you're gonna like really if you're really gonna want to like go the extra measure like nail gun it to their face or something i don't know this is getting morbid um let's go back um anyways um, getting more of it? Jeez, we're we're talking about mass suicide. and It's just getting more of it? now. Um, so, um, so they would put, lay, lay them neatly in their own bed and put their, cover their faces and torso by a square purple cloth for privacy. The identical clothing was used as a uniform for a mass suicide to represent unity whilst the Nike decadas were chosen because the group got a good deal on them. I love how they're just like, well, you know, we should probably like, Take some money on this. I love that. Um, the adherents, 20, the 38, 39, sorry, adherents, 20 women, 1 women, and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72. Imagine the 72, 72 year olds over here, like, I mean, I'm going anywhere. Oh, I'm just going to join a cult for the last i I'm sorry, guys, 72 is not that old. I'm joking. <laughs> My grandma is 72 and she's still working as a therapist. So, yeah, that woman has some baggage. Moving on. Um, uh, I'm actually pretty sure that she listens to this podcast. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandpa. How's it going? Um, Anyways, so the suicides occurred, as I was saying, in groups of 15, 15, and 9, between approximately March 22nd and March 26th. So, um, among the Dead was Nicholas, Thomas Nicholas, brother of actress Nikel. I don't really know how to say her name, Nichelle or something, Nicholas, who is best known for her role as Ahura, guys, i never watched Star Trek, don't come at me, original Star Trek television series, leader Applewhite was the third to last member to die, oh, of course, because he, he couldn't be the first one to die, no, he had to be the third to last, um, Member to die. Two people remained after him and were the only ones who would be found without bags over their heads and not having purple cloths covering their fa- top, covering their top halves. Okay, but I'm so confused. Like, how did they die? Did they take the? Because we researched. Okay, so we researched the drug uh, phenobarbital to, um, and it's really just like it can increase. Like, it can't really kill you. So I'm confused if it was like the mix of the applesauce and the vodka and the phenobarbital. <laughs> but like. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't know, actually know much about that certain sort of drug. I know a little bit about different kinds of poisons and different kinds of drugs that can be turned into poisons to kill you, but I've never really heard of phenobitterol, so that is interesting. <laughs> it's honestly just leaning away from me right now, like, ah, uh, girl, I spend way too much time alone. Um. Don't we all? <laughs> right? So, pretty much, that is the sad and also sort of hilarious story of Heaven's Gate. So, as we were recording this podcast, we were like, Okay, this is taking a really long time and we're really going in depth with these these stories. And I think that's actually good. Like, I mean, we do want to, like, make our podcasts longer, so that's good. So, we're gonna make this into a series. We're going to talk about two new, creepy, fun, interesting crime facts. And we'll probably make like maybe two or three. we will see where this goes. So that is we're going to talk about the cult now for our second topic of the evening. our next culty subject is the Manson family and if you know what the Manson family is you know that it does have some um, interesting parts to it which is why before we talk about the Manson family I'd like to quickly put a disclosure warning I know we put one at the beginning of this episode but the Manson family it does talk about um, rape underage sex and um, it says we're trying to skirt around those scub- subjects and keep it as light and happy as we can, but we'll see. Anyways, so, The Manson Family was actually made into a film, so if you're interested, after listening to this podcast, you feel like you want to go and, you know, watch that movie because you're a crazy person, do-do you, honeyboo! <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's definitely not my cup of tea, I though I do listen to a lot of horror podcasts. I'm so. not a horror person. No, you are not. Okay, so the Manson family, I don't know, uh, was, so the Manson family was created by Charles Manson, who was a cult leader, um, in, like, 1960s, early 70s. It's hard to, okay, so it's hard to, like, tell the exact timeline. It's a bit fuzzy, because it was in the 60s and 70s, and we didn't really exactly have the technology that we have today to record. So some of the dates might not be exact, but we're gonna try our best. Um, So the Manson family was a desert commune and a cult led by Charles Manson, which we talked about. Um, So pretty much what happened was that, he was released from prison in 1967, which is always a wonderful start. <laughs> but it was for petty crimes, you know, like thief, thievery, theft, ro- robbery, rob, robbery, rob- thief, thie- 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 <laughs> okay. Um so <laughs> um So, the family, as in the Manson family, moved to San Francisco and later to a deserted ranch in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, that's always where the best stories start. I know, right? I feel like it's the deserted ranches that, like, just just give them a bad vibe. That's the mood. Right? So, the nickname of the... So, it was called the... Charles Manson cult or something Like it was the Charles Manson cult right The Manson family or something but the nickname was The family So you know it's just like hey My name like Hi guys this is my Crew we're called the crew Dude really this is my family We're called the family Like like some some people use like The fam but not Really the family I don't know (laughs) Girl you good (laughs) I don't know. Okay, um, so, pretty much, so the, um, the group con- con- a pro- group consisted of approximately 50 of his followers who lived an, and I quote, unconventional lifestyle with the habitable lo- use of hallucinogenic drugs such as LSD, which pretty much means that they were high AF 24-7 100% of the time. They really liked to take the good stuff the no no snow (laughs) um so yeah so pretty much um i I realize i'm saying so a lot and like and but and um i'm sorry i'm gonna try and cut down on that anyways um so they gained international attention after the murders of sharon tate and four others in 1969 wow guys i love the name tate stunning record you guys get a round of applause right the murders were committed by tex tex watson and susan atkins and patricia crank Kren- krenwinkel linda Casabane Cassaba- was also present but did not take part group members were also poss- responsible for a number of other murders assaults petty crimes and thefts <laughs> they have a stunning record also like we're looking at uh. I'd also like to add that we're staring at Charles Manson's mugshot from 1968, Um, and it's creepy. Like, this man has his bug eyes, and he's, like, staring, like, uh, just a little bit off to the camera, and I can only assume at, like, someone, and I really feel bad for whoever he was staring at, because if I got stared at like that, I would buck the hell out of wherever that was. I would be like, okay, bye, I'm gonna move across the country. Also kind of looks like his eyes, like, about to twitch. Yeah, like, he looks like he's, like, he's, like, oh, I just farted, but that was not a fart. That was, that was a shark. That was something in there. I, that, that, that's when he just looks like. Oh, what just happened? Um. Or, like, he really needs to go poo. Right? Okay, um, sorry. <laughs> so... So we talked about how he got released from prison on March 21st, 1967. And, um, so then Charles Manson moved to San Francisco, um, with his best friend that he met in prison, which is definitely a match made in hell. I was going to say a match made in heaven, but that's not, not, no. Okay. Um, so then he met Mary Bruner. Brunner, 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 Mary Brunner. Brunner, 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 Brunner. Okay, anyways, um, a 23-year-old graduate of the University of Wisconsin. So actually at this time, I'm not quite sure how old Charles Manson was, but I can only assume he was like twice her age or something probably but i i actually don't know so don't take my word on it um so pretty much they moved in together and they were all just like living that good life and stuff and then he was like hey babe like i know that we're dating and stuff but like i'm just gonna invite 18 other women here and since i we're in a very controlling toxic relationship you can do nothing about it and it was her house like the dude was begging off the streets when he met her and then he just literally took over and was like yeah this is my house and she's like excuse me no shut up lady i don't care why are they always begging off the streets because a lot of them just got released from prison and like we have really bad (laughs) like a lot of them either came back from war or came or came out of prison and we are really not the best at like helping people get on their feet like i feel like if we had a social system where like if someone got released from prison they like went to an apartment or like immediately got a job working somewhere or something so that they could get on their feet or like after the war or something because we're just like really bad at that then it would like there would be less like murders and cults i don't know it's just an idea but like (laughs) hey what do i know um so pretty much um, he got his philosophy from the process from the process church of the final judgment, which they they pretty much believed that Satan was all like, "Yo, Christ, my dude, my broski. Look, like, I know that like we had a huge fight and stuff, but like, can we make up and stuff? Because like, I miss you, dude." And and then Christ was all like, "Yeah, dude, like, let's go hang out and like end the world and then judge all humans." Oh, my God, dude, broski, yes. Let's do it. Bro-cha-cha. So, bo-cha-cho. So, I just feel like so that was their whole thing. They believed that Satan would become reconciled with Christ and they would become come together at the end of the world to judge humanity. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> let's see. So, then he, he gathered the first part of his cult, and most of them female. And then Manson taught his followers that they were the reincarnation of the original Christians and that Romans were the establishment. He strongly implied that he was Christ. Don't they always? Hey guys, I'm just like a re like I'm I'm read I'm the reincarnation of Jesus. So just that's fun. Um he often told stories envisioning himself on the cross with nails in his feet and hands sigh okay um so somewhere uh, sometime around 1967 he began using the alias Charles Willis Manson he often said it very slowly Charles Willis Manson I used to be like what's your name Charles Willis Manson oh I don't give a fuck we (laughs) are just talking way too slow buddy um so yeah there's that um Implying that that his his will was the same of that of the son of man, which is just stupid and incredibly bigoted. I just feel like he's your run-of-the-mill like, bigoted racist son of a, yeah, you know, just like the one that you get. So, anyways, um. <sighs> Before the end of the summer, Manson and eight or nine of his enthusiasts piled into an old school bus they had rewrought in his hippie style. And I say hippie style with air quotes because it is just making hippie into this trope, which it is not. Because my family, my my mom and my dad are hippies and like they haven't, they, they don't have any cults or haven't joined any cults that I know. Actually, my dad joined a cult once, but we don't talk about that. Anyways, um... So, pretty much, um, they roamed as far as Washington State, which is, that's where we are, then southward through Los Angeles, Mexico, and the American Southwest, returning to Los Angeles area, they lived in Panga Canyon, Malibu, and Venice, western parts of the city and county. In 1967, Brunner became pregnant by Manson, and on April 15th, 1968, gave birth to a son she named Valentine Michael, nicknamed Pooh Bear. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, but I just keep thinking of, um, oh god, what is that, Legally Blonde? And in the beginning, like, the main character, her boyfriend's name for her is, like, Pooh Bear or something, and me and my friend started calling each other Pooh Bear after we watched it, it was so weird. Anyways, excuse that short anecdote. Okay. Um, in a condominium house in Topanga Canyon, assist- <laughs> assisted during the birth by several of young women from the family, Brunner, like most members of the group, acquired a number of aliases and nicknames, including Mariochi, Alk, Mother Mary, Mary Manson, Linda D. Manson, and Christine Mary... I can't say that last name. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know how to say it. Um, so... Actor Al Lewis had Manson babysit his children on a couple of occasions and described him as a nice guy when I knew him. Producer Phil Kaufman introduced Manson to young Universal Studios producer Gary Stromberg then wor- then worked on, working on a film adaption of The Life of Jesus set in modern America, featuring Black Jesus and Southern redneck Romans. Wait, is that an actual movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining that. Like, <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Stromberg thought that Manson made interesting suggestions about what Jesus might do in a situation, seeming to be attuned to the role. He had one of his women kiss his feet and then kiss hers in return to demonstrate the place of a woman. Okay, so I'm confused. Is he saying that, like... I'm so confused. Maybe the dude just had a feet fetish. Probably. Like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) griffin johnson <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways um no hate to anyone so strawberry while manson pe- preached against ma- ma- materialistic outlook only to be questioned about his well-furnished bus oh he was like guys we don't want to have like a materialist outlook. like like we don't want to be like using lots of materials from earth and stuff like that well like why do you have that furnished bus Oh, that, that's not mine Well, it says Manson's family on the side Oh, that must be another Manson Okay, whatever Um Um, he casually tossed the bus keys to the doubter Who promptly drove it away While Manson watched, apparently unconcerned Dude really said, oh yeah, I don't really care about that Here, I have my bus (laughs) Oh, I love that Um According to Stromberg, Manson had a dynamic personality with an ability to, ability to read a person's weakness and manipulate them. Guys, he's just a narcissist. Um, for example, Manson tried to manipulate an influential member of a motorcycle gang by granting him access to, the fam- to family women. So here's where it starts to get darker and where I absolutely want to take this guy by the throat and slam him repeatedly into a glass window until it shatters and gets glass into his eyes. So pretty much when he was like, hey, dude, like, we're both D-bags. Um, hey, you want to join my call? Like, I'll let you just use all of these women however you want. Which is horrible. Yeah. So he he then convinced the biker that it... <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm going to try and keep a straight face. He then convinced the biker that it was the biker's large member, per se, which kept the women in the group. <laughs> 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 oh. Goodness me! <laughs> that is. St- oh, wow! Probably. Yes. Huh. so guys how many of you guys like the beach boys how many of you guys are like beach boy fans yes wonderful i know probably you're like what no okay um so dennis wilson of the beach boys picked up patricia K- Krenwinkle. i'm sorry that's such an unfortunate name and Ella Jo Bailey, when they were hit. Hi, Ella, Hi, my name's Ella Jo Bailey. Nice to meet you. Okay, um, well, they're hitchhiking in the late spring of 1968. Well, under the influence of alcohol and LSD. Guys, don't hike when you're under the influence of alcohol and LSD. Or do, because then a Beach Boy, <laughs> uh, A member of the Beach Boys will come and pick you up. I'm joking, don't do it. Um, and brought them to a specific palace palace's house for a few hours he returned them home in the early hours of following morning for a night recording session and was greeted by manson in the driveway who emerged from the house wilson asked the stranger whether he intended to hurt him manson ensured that he had no such intention and began kissing wilson's feet (laughs) okay no he was definitely out of foot fetish inside the house wilson discovered 12 strangers mostly women the account given in Manson, in his own words, is that Manson first met Wilson at friends, at a friend's San Francisco house, where Manson had gone to obtain marijuana. Yeah, the good stuff, <laughs> the <no-nos>, no no <laughs> snow. Yeah. Manson claimed that Wilson gave him a Sunset Boulevard, his Sunset Boulevard address, and invited him to stop when he came back to Los Angeles. I'm sorry, but Sunset Boulevard just sounds like something that you would see in like Victorious or something. Or, like... Oh my goodness, yeah. Or, like, iCarly. Actually, iCarly was, fun fact, filmed in Seattle. Okay. Moving really? on. Yes. No, actually not filmed in Seattle, but set in Seattle. Oh. Well, I know that. Okay. Moving on from the short little Nickelodeon <laughs> break. Um... I love how we go from talking about creepy cults and stuff like <laughs> that to Nickelodeon kids' shows. <laughs> it just shows how versatile our interests <laughs> are. Woo! <laughs> okay, um, um. Um, the number of women doubled in Wilson's house over the next few months, and that and they cost him approximately 100000 dollars by making themselves part of his household. So, like, okay. This is this included a large bill from uh, this included a large medical bill for the treatment of gonorrhea and twenty one thousand for the destruction of his uninsured car which they borrowed. Um, Wilson would sing and talk with Manson while the women treated as servants to them both, which is just ugh so annoying. Wilson paid for the studio time recording songs, um, written and performed by Manson, and introduced him to entertainment business acquaintances, including greg jacobson terry meckler and rudy atabelli who owned a house which he rented to actress sharon tate and her husband roman polanski jacobson was impressed by the whole charlie manson package (laughs) the charlie manson package uh, of artist lifestyle of officer and he paid to record his material wilson moved out of his rented home when the lease expired and his landlord evicted the family it's like, such a creepy, cre- creepy thing. Um, so, with Manson established a base for the family at Spahn Ranch, which we talked about, which is that creepy, creepy ranch. My goodness, they are creepy, pretty much. And so they, um, so they, so in 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 the August of nineteen sixty eight, um, they went to the. Deserted ranch. Um, It had been televised in a movie set for westerns, but the buildings had deteriorated by the late 1960s, and ranch revenue was primarily derived from selling horseback rides. Nice. Okay, guys, this is a little sad and extremely upsetting. Okay, so, um, pretty much yeah um well, car <laughs> just like i don't is know this, it's okay <laughs> okay, um female family mem- so this is really just, uh, this is really sad and unfortunate, but uh family family members did chores around the ranch and occasionally had sex on manson on manson's orders with the nearly blind 80-year-old owner George Spawn, The woman also acted as seeing-eye guides for him in exchange. Spawn allowed Manson and his group to live at the ranch for free. <sighs> Lynette Fromm acquired the nickname Squeaky because she often squeaked when Spahn pinched her thigh. Guys, this is like... Oh. Yeah. So... Yes. Anyways, moving on. Helter Skelter. Um, in the first days of November 1968, Manson established the family at alternative, he- alternative headquarters in Death Valley's environs. Death Valley, wonderful place to live. Where they occupied two unused or little used ranch- ranches, Myers and Barker. Um former which the group had initially headed, was owned by grandmother of, a new, of new women, Catherine Gillis and the family. The latter was owned by an elderly local woman, Arlene Barker, to whom Manson presented himself and a male family member as music- musicians in the need of a place to congeal to their work. When the women agreed to let them stay, they fixed things up. Manson honored her with one of the Beach Boys' gold records, several of which he had been, had, he had been given by Wilson. Next, nice. How old is he? I know right like he had a lot of he did a lot of work in short time period like Buddy got around um so pretty much um uh, so pretty much Charles Manson like he produced an album I think with the Beatles and with the Beach Boys like Buddy like was a musician he did a lot of stuff um <coughs> I'm honestly really confused right now. I know. So, as we were talking... I don't know if we were talking about this earlier, but as we were talking about, he predicted a race war would end the world. Uh So, pretty much, um, for some time, Manson had been saying that racial tensions between, and I quote, blacks and whites are about to erupt, predicting that blacks would rise up in rebellion in American cities. Like, you know all right let's talk about helter skelter so i don't know if you've heard about the helter skelter it can be like a slide of some sorts and like books and stuff i don't know um so we talked about how they stayed in 1968 and we talked about all about that in the spawn ranch which is so creepy like it just creeps me out um everything about this so in early january 1969 the family left the desert deserts cold and moved to cannery yellow home in Ka- canoga park i'm sorry if not far from spawn ranch because the locals would allow the group to remain submerged beneath the awareness of the outside world which is creepy in and of itself. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, that's your dad. Um. So, so on a bridge. Um, oh, sorry guys, I just totally lost where we were. Oh, um. <laughs> Mason, Manson called it the Yellow Submarine, another Beatles reference there the family members prepared for an impending apocalypse. <laughs> of course, because there's either because, there, of course, the cult leader has to be a reincarnation of Jesus and there's an impending apocalyptic dune that he's going to say you from join your n- local cult today. <laughs> um, so, so uh, which around the campfire Ma- Manson had termed Helter Skelter after the song of that name. By February, Manson's vision was complete. The family would create an album whose song, as subtle as those of the Beatles, would trigger the predicted chaos. Ghastly murders of whites by blacks would be met with a retaliation, and split between racists and non-racists, whites would yield white self annihilation The black triumph, as it were, merely precede their, precede their being ruled by the family. Which, okay, so pretty much what he was saying was that they're going to create an album, which is going to trigger um, black people to kill all of the white people and become triumphant. And then they, the family, the family, which consisted of Manson, Mans- ransom, ransom, <laughs> hmm. Manson, and like the three other men and then a lot of women, all of whom were white, I believe would rule over all of the black people and become the triumphant people in life. So there's that. Um, The family would ride out the conflict in the bottomless pit. (laughs) Wow, you really don't... (laughs) A secret city beneath Death Valley. So, like, guys, we're gonna go and, like, ride out this, like, apocalypse in the bottomless pit, which, get this, is a secret city and get this beneath Death Valley. Woo! It's time to party. No, yeah, but like, how do they come up with these things? <laughs> oh, so, no, you really have to be some sort of crazy or genius. <laughs> I don't even know. Genius with a J. If you know, you know. <laughs> so, um. Uh, at the Canoga Park House, while family members worked on vehicles and poured over maps to prepare them for their desert escape, they also worked on songs for the world-changing album. When they were told Melker was to come to the house to hear the material, the woman prepared a meal and cleaned the place. However, Melker never arrived. Dun dun dun! <laughs> There are alternate theories to the Helter Skelter scenario. Whether or not it was actual motive behind the murders, according to family associate Bobby Busoli, it was actually Busoli's arrest for the torture murder for Gary Hill, Hinn- Hinman. That instigated the family's ensuing murder spree. Enact So wow, that was a whole like murder spree thing. So, um, as we talked about earlier. Um, he killed Sharon, they and a few of the other, they, they killed Sharon Tate and a few other people. And we actually have a a, uh, picture of Sharon Tate. She's actually really pretty. Isn't she? I like her hair. Yeah, she looks like that girl that you would be, like, want to be, but then also, like, hate in school. Like, I feel like it's, like, she's that one girl that's, like, everyone wants to be, like, her friend, but they also want to, like, murder her in her sleep. Just Honestly, me? <laughs> like Huh. <laughs> You're like, oh well, it's actually like Okay, so um, um Why is she kind of like a model though? She probably was very nice cheekbone. Yeah, we're getting off topic. Yeah, we are so getting <laughs> off topic. <laughs> so pretty much what happened was that they killed Tate, Sabring Foyer, Furowski, and Parent, which is a funny name, and Lino and Rosemary, and Rosemary, of Lino and Rosemary Labanica, sorry, so they killed like a bunch of people, and when I, I mean bunch, like, they killed a lot of people they just kind of went on a killing spree when this producer didn't turn up at their house because they were like guys we got this album ready we're gonna move to this secret bottomless pit we got it under control and then the producer didn't show up and stuff and then they were like we don't we don't know anger management we're just gonna kill people <laughs> so So the Tate murders became national news on August 9th, 1969. The Polonsky's housekeeper, Winifred Chapman, had arrived for work that morning and discovered the murder scene. Oh my god, I feel bad for- I feel bad for whoever discovers the murder scenes. Because a lot of the time, it's been like a few days since they were killed and they just like, the stench of it all. Or like, even like, I feel like it's usually like not a professional who's like dealt with this. No, it's usually like the housekeeper, or like sometimes the children, or like family member, it's or like a friend. Like, if you're trained for it, it's not as bad. Like it's still probably weird. And well, gross. no, it's probably like ter- ter- like yeah. it's probably like um, traumatic either way. But like, if it's like a family member or you haven't like dealt with this before, like if I walked into your house and I saw y'all dead, I would be like. W- nah I'm out I'm out (laughs) I'm sorry like rest in peace but I'm moving like I'm moving to the other side like I will zoom into your funeral but I am (laughs) adios amigos um so yeah on August 10th detectives of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department which had jurisdiction into the Hinman case informed Los Angeles Police Department LAPD detective assigned to Tate's case so Oh, my god! This is getting, like, this is, they, okay. The Mason fam Manson family, goodness. Manson <laughs> family is, like, this twist, this is maze. They did all of this stuff. It is very confusing. But to pretty much wrap up what happened so that we're not just going on this wild goose case, <gasps> goose, ca- goose case, case. goose I case. I like goose case because yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 Nice. All right. Anyways. Um. <laughs> So, pretty much what happened, this guy got out of prison, was like, you know, I'm going to start a cult. Started a cult. Lots of of women, used them, abused them, not good. Got some guys, too. Used them, abused them, also not good. Had a foot fetish. Wonderful. (coughs) Anyways, then, pretty much we're like, y'all, race war, that's going to happen. We're going to end up triumphant. We're going to go to the bottomless pit. Write some music mm. under Death Valley. Write some music, do all the stuff. Detect, uh, then they're like, Cool, we got this. I'll plan out. Life planned out. Done. Good. You can sign off now. And then the producer didn't turn up and they were like, Mmm, angry. And then they started to kill people. And then this one murder, henman, which we keep um, going back to, they took pig's blood and wrote like a message on the wall, which I'm not exactly quite sure what that was. Um, Wait, that's who did it? I've heard that somewhere. I never really knew. You're probably thinking of Carrie. There's a lot of instances of writing in blood and stuff. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, like in a season of Riverdale that happened. Like, there's a lot of writing in blood. also, there's no. Harry Potter. Yeah, Taber's that's the one Secrets. that I was thinking about. Yeah, they talk yeah. about writing in blood has become like a sort of like a trend. Why but why I don't not just th- like red sharpie or something. <laughs> like, why gotta be so extra? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're gonna murder people, I guess that kind of like you're n- you're never basic if you're a murderer. So pretty I mean, much what got happened. you all that extra blood. Why not use it? <laughs> right. So pretty much they found Charles Manson to be guilty and his cult to be guilty of all this stuff and they were like is that the same guy yes so we're actually looking at his other mugshot uh in in uh, august six Mar- august 16th 1969 um so he was arrested on suspicion of car theft and then they were like oh you murders call Oh, I get it. Oh, okay. Alrighty. Well, my friend, you, um, I'm pretty sure he was sentenced to death, but I'm not sure. There's so much here. Yeah, I know. We've got a lot of stuff. Yes, he was. Yes. Yes so he was sentenced to death Um, and the rest of his okay I'm actually pretty sure that all of the men were sentenced to death and the women were like put in a women's prison or like a loony bin what's a loony bin? they were put in like a women's like um sorry I can't think straight right now in like a psychiatric ward they put in like a women's psychiatric ward crazy house whatever you want to call it because there were women, and women couldn't do murders. They That's... couldn't murder people. What? No. So uh, oh, weird. So okay. weird. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, craziness. <laughs> Anyways, so that wraps up our culty podcast for today, and we will be, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to today's culty podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Breaker, Pocket Cash, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, where we'll be posting new episodes every Friday. Yay!